Hello again, everybody. It's uh, Jason Powers. I'm just uh, going to do a broadcast today on revolutionary moments. I think it's a apropos of, of a host of things that are going on in the world today. Um, today, I was kind of going over uh, an idea or thought that I had on the last podcast, and I also added to it in terms of what I'm thinking and of course, you always have to think back to our uh, revolutionary times. I use a revolutionary-inspired uh, film, John Adams, that uh, uh, discusses it. So today, we'll just kind of we're gonna freelance it. I might add some extra things with uh, things that uh, I found online, and uh, hopefully, you can keep up. And hopefully, I won't bore the hell out of you. So, and also there'll be some comic relief here uh, pretty quickly. We're going to do that first, and then uh, we'll move on from there. So it's going to be kind of weird, but there's always, there's so much news going on. There's so many things that are coming, uh, coming down the road that we're going to have to face as a country, uh, as a world. And the world citizenry has been... Uh, looking for leadership from the United States, but we no longer are uh, uh, providing that leadership because we're run by a bunch of evil people that don't care about law and order or um, freedoms, liberties. They care about power, and they're using and they're they're exploiting the opportunity because they committed treason on November third, twenty twenty, and despite what. Uh, I would like to say about Trump, he hasn't been doing a very good job lately of actual messaging. Uh, he certainly needs to bone up on vaccinations and whatnot, but of course he hasn't hired either. He must not have hired anybody who actually has any medical expertise to tell him the truth, but he, he's still lauding and praising his, uh, his administration's uh, rollout of that, which is just utterly stunning, stunning but... To change it up a bit, we're going to uh, go back to a classic movie from the 80s and uh, play a little uh, short clip from it because I think it's, uh, I, I, it doesn't it doesn't jive up with anything I'm going to talk about, but I just, <laughs> we need a little comic relief, so uh, we're going to turn to this uh, from Spaceballs, 1987. I won't see you. Hello. Hello. Lone Star. Sorry, wrong switch. <laughs> Send out for you. 
I guess one thing is uh, about this time of year, people get do pizza the day before the, uh, Christmas because, or coming up on a day before Christmas because they don't want to cook. Is it going to be cooking on Christmas Day or cooking Christmas dinner or something? Anyway, apropos of nothing, that was just, uh, yeah, John Candy, uh, I forget, Bill Pullman, and uh, uh, actually that was, uh, which is a Mel Brooks playing Pizza the Hut. <laughs> So uh, a long way from that time frame, back when things were cool and people had a sense of humor all the way around for the most part. So actually, we're going to start with, uh, I, I I don't know if the order and the sequencing is going to be cool here, but I'm going to change it up. We're going to move directly to the Declaration of Independence. I'm just going to read this one passage, which I think informs a lot of what I'm thinking about uh, every, you know, the way this is going to have to play out, and I have a follow-up to it. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such a form as to, as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not change should not be changed for light and transient causes and accordingly all experience hath so- shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed but when a long train of abuses and usurpations Pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. It is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. And I think that's where we've uh, uh, we're coming close to that uh, crossroads in terms of how this is working out. And just so you know, this isn't just—it's uh, quite interesting. So today. Sam Faddis published that uh, the Democratic lawmakers want to give the Taliban $9.4 billion. And I'll leave a link in the description. And there was a passage in here where they say, uh, these people actually have the gall and the audacity to say this uh, uh, in a letter uh, to uh, people uh, and, and make it seem like, uh, like uh, what do you call it? Uh, these people are not going to go ahead and it just amazes me. It's stunning that they have the, 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 the temerity to, to actually say this to people. It says we are, uh, they quote, we are also deeply concerned that sanctions against the Taliban officials now in charge or uh, governmental functions are creating a chilling effect for financial institutions and aid organizations serving Afghanistan. The U.S. confiscation of $9.4 billion in Afghanistan currency reserves held in the United States is contributing to soaring inflation and the shuttering of commercial banks and vital private businesses, plunging the country deeper into economic and humanitarian crisis, the lawmakers added. 
we are, you understand, now somewhat, somehow responsible for what happens under Taliban rule in Afghanistan. We are also apparently to believe that any money handed to international terrorists will be used for humanitarian purposes and not to engineer acts of mass murder around the globe. The leader of the Taliban is a fellow named Maulaki Habatullah Akhuzada. Uh, officially, he's in charge of what is now called the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. When the Taliban ran Afghanistan in the 1990s, this guy, I don't, I'm not going to pronounce his name again, was head of the Sharia courts. In that capacity, he enforced a barbaric interpretation of Sharia law, which involved public stoning, uh, stonings, amputations, and then the banning of television, music, movies, makeup, and education for girls over the age of 10. That's very important. we got to worry about that. Uh, you know. And granted, I'm not, I'm not saying that I agree, agree that that should, should be a problem. But uh, yeah, well, you kind of set this up to, to, to work this way. So just so we know who signs this kind of crap. So right at the top of this is uh, Pramila Jayapal. Sarah Jacobs and Jesus uh, Che Garcia, and below that, then in alphabetical order or not alphabet. Well, I don't know, maybe it is. Anyway, so you got a, a Jamal Bowman, Mundari Jones, Henry Hank Johnson, Ayanna Presley, Elaine, Eleanor Holmes Norton, Andrea Carson, Rashida Tlaib, Mark Pocan. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Katie Porter, uh, Adriano Asifal, Judy Chu, Grace Men, Chalia Penigree, let's see here, Ilhan Omar, so all the squad members so far, James McGovern, Jamie Raskin, he's a communist, at least his daddy was, and he's just like his daddy, Jan Schakowsky, Maria Newman, Yvette Clark, Mark Takano, Rokana, Mark uh, DeSalano, uh, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, anyway, it doesn't matter. Susan uh, Bonamici, Peter A. DeFazio, Juan Vargas, Karen Bass, Sheila Jackson Lee, Danny, De uh, Danny K. Davis, Earl uh, Blumenauer, Teresa Ligar Fernandez, Debbie Dingle, Debbie Dingbat Dingle, Cory Bush, uh, Al Green, not one of the sharpest crayons in the box, uh, Tony uh, Cardenas, Alma Adams, and uh, Nydia Valasquez. Now, what's interesting about this? The only reason why I read off all of these names is this, and you can hold, you can call me whatever you want to call me. You notice anything about these names? They don't really strike you as like English names. And the only reason why that bothers me at all is just, it's the concept here that these people, these people here will say that they, they can't, they can't express themselves or that the United States is racist and misogynistic and all this other garbage. The funny thing is, is if you look at the names, the, the, the surnames of these people, uh, they're all international related, they're Polish, they're Hispanic. They're Muslim. They're uh, you know the whole range of people. If I got into dug into all these people and what they're like, uh, where they're from, um, so we're run by internationalists. 
And the reason why that's and and they carbon copied uh, Janet Yellen and Wally Adiyemo, the deputy uh, deputy secretary of Treasury. And the only reason why that matters is like, what is Janet? Yeah, Janet Yellen. Lots of women. Lot. It, it put it this way. And they may say, well, that just shows you know that we had a fighter way just to become congressmen. It's like the hell you did. Most of these people are are are, are con artists and and psychopaths anyway. But what gets me about this is if you go back to our founding, um, they expressively tried to make sure that people who were not of this nation of that time and not born of born of the people that were in in our nation uh, would never become rise to the power of the presidency. Uh, you know, you have to be uh, born a U.S. citizen. And of course, we keep on pushing that envelope. Whether you believe Obama was born here or not, or Kamala Harris, whether she's eligible to be president of the United States, there's just a host of things that these people. And of course, it's it's easy to point that out when you see the kind of radicalism that these people bring to the table. They want to destroy and bankrupt the United States of America. They're all honestly some uh, some of these people are very much treasonous people. They don't have any concept of, or, or they have no regard for the country, no regard for the Constitution, and yet they're asking us to release $9.4 billion to a country that we just left $85 billion worth of equipment on the ground, thanks to the Biden administration. So now we're going to pay them to, and they've been pushing or hustling, uh, and they tabled the, the four, uh, $450,000 that came from, uh, uh, they uh, for people that came over here in their rescue mission. Uh, they're just, these people are reprehensible. And they know they're reprehensible. And, they, and they're just pushing the envelope. They're just testing, every, they just, they're, just, they're just trying to see how far, how much of a communist crap hole they can turn this country into because they hate this country. They don't love this country. They just want to exploit it and take it, take it for a ride. And at this point in, in our lifetime, we need to be worried about these people. So a thing, a thought process that came is like, so this is in regards to the Jeffrey Epstein uh, 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 attached trial to Ghislaine Maxwell, or however you pronounce her first name, but it doesn't really matter. Maxwell. So there's some uh, uh, discussion that she may walk on this situation. Of course, they want to let her walk because uh, that way she won't be prone to. Uh, uh, let's just say she must. She may have had some kind of position. Obviously, she's got informa information that would be highly uh, damaging to the people that she was discussing this with. The prosecutor, the prosecution, run by James Comey's daughter brought a total of four witnesses. So, I mean, what does that tell you? They didn't exactly go deep into this. And it's this quick. It only took like a month. To put that in perspective, the OJ trial took, I think, what, eight or nine months to to uh, play out on TV, which, of course, was very uh, very well uh, suited for media people. They loved that. They gave them something to talk about every day. And talk about stupid, and that was one of the more more idiotic trials. And of course, OJ got off. At least he got off on the original trial, and then he got hammered on the, on charges that were probably uh, less less worthy. But whatever, I'm not going to defend that. Um, <clears throat> anyway, 
with regards to Maxwell, uh, if they, there's some indication that there may be a way for her to maybe, I mean, they, they're going to send it to the jury and the jury may be, uh, let's just say, incentivized to just find that she's not guilty. Meanwhile, of course, in Minnesota, they uh, they uh, found guilty the the cop that used her uh, used her gun instead of her taser. Um, I'm not going to pretend I know much about that trial that situation, but it just goes to show you that you know where are we at in terms of justice in this country. So this is my uh, insight, I guess, is that the DOJ is DOA dead on arrival. It's a wrap. We can only hope we find the fortitude and the sacrifice to defeat the powers that hold us hostage to their psychopathic will. This revolution will be fought worldwide. Alliances will have to defeat several standing armies with technology that stuns the imagination. How we win won't be through nonviolence. That's a myth. These elite have no problem with using it on us. Violence. So get ready. We, but we need leaders, someone that arises that takes hold of the populace and can steer them against these uh, forces. The timing will be soon. Knowing when to act is as important, if not more so, than knowing how to act. Globalists will drive us broke, and they control the terms of engagement then with a weakened soul. That's how they intend to win wear down, and then submit the remaining resistance akin to Soviet plan. Cities, then the countryside. We can't let it get to that stage. That's just my humble opinion. And what I'm saying is, is okay, for example, I mean, when I say violence, that's a non-violence. System. I mean, though, there's many people that say, oh, well, look at Martin Luther King or look at uh, Mahatma Gandhi and, and a host of other things. A lot of that was allowed to happen. It was allowed to happen because there were certain forces behind the scenes that were pulling the strings, and the media was on. The media was obviously on the side of the people that were uh, promoting the nonviolence. The media is not on our side, and they're never going to be on our side. They don't care about us. They don't care about. They're bought and paid for. Uh, same with look at the medical field. They're bought and paid for. Look at uh, Washington D.C. Look at the the Department of Justice. They don't care about us. And I'm not suggesting that we we should antagonize them or try to uh, set this uh, uh, start, but they're slowly going to bleed everybody dry, and they're going to slowly do it, just slowly turn screws. Remember, they're thinking of 2030, they're thinking of 2050, or they're thinking of 2045, 20, uh, 2049. So what do those dates mean? Okay, 2030 is the agenda 2030 about the climate change bullshit that they're using. That's the initial step to get to communism or get to as close to whatever version of communism they're trying to uh, uh, get to. Neo-feudalism, techno-communism, however. We know they want to put chips inside everybody. We know they want to track us. You know, they want to control your money. They want to control your medical procedures. They want to control your movements. They want to control you, period doesn't matter how they do it they just want to get it done so they're they're using this pandemic that they've slowly i mean think about it we're two years into it now <laughs> two years we've been at war for two years they took over and they seized control of the power they seized control of the, of the united states of america on march 2020 and trump didn't do anything about it I'm not trying to blame it all on him because it isn't all his fault but 
the Congress didn't do it. Uh, the, the people that <laughs> the Republicans didn't do shit all about it. Uh, <laughs> they stood by and let it happen. They let it get, let people burn their cities, burn towns, or they'll say, "Well, it wasn't in my district." Yeah, but they didn't stand up. They didn't go out and march. The only time you ever saw a Republican march was Mitt Romney marching with the BLM. For cripe's sakes, what's that got? To, what does that say about things? So these are the things that you're we're dealing with. That we have a, a a host of people that have no no allegiance to this country. You know, they don't they don't seem to they care more about making money than they care about the country itself. And if they destroy this country, that's it for the entire world. I mean, that's where that's where we're at. I mean, there's a reason why people come to this country. I mean, everybody knows this. Anybody who's here knows why people come here. They come here to they to, to start over, to get a new life, to get. Uh, opportunity. They don't come here because they want want to live in another shithole. They don't come from a shithole to come live in a, a worse shithole. They come come here because it's a better country. They know that. But we've had forces come into this country that infiltrated. They want to come here and destroy this country. I mean, they want to make money off of it. They want to exploit it. But as far as they're concerned, they're just seeking power. They want to erase the memory of the entire populace. And we have a bunch of stupid people that don't seem to understand that because they don't want to listen. They are too busy. I don't know what the hell they're busy doing, but they're not thinking. They're not thinking clearly about anything. So the next phase of this is 2050. That's a UN uh, situation. So UN, uh, their concept is that they, you know, their, their 2050 agenda, it just so happens to align with the 2049 agenda of China, which is to take be the most powerful country in the world, they want to be they want to be at the top of the game, and it just so happens the next year the UN wants to reach a, a certain uh, goals, and the biggest one is population. They want to reduce the population. I don't know why anybody needs a needs a, a education on this. They want to seriously reduce the population. How far down? You know they're gonna they're gonna they're they're looking for uh, getting it under two billion and we're at seven and a half so you figure it out you know and anybody who thinks otherwise is just not really not thinking very clearly because <laughs> these people don't give a shit they're they're worried about resources at the very top the elite of the elite they're so worried about themselves that they don't care about anybody else but themselves and we know this this is this, this is just the 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 selfishness of the elite or I don't even like calling them the elite or the globalists, they're evil. They're just they're just evil people. And remember, uh transhumanism and this AI technology is supposed to come online in the twenty forties. So they're thinking, you know, the next twenty years. And what can happen in about twenty years? Well, that's a generational cycle of birth. So if they stifle or totally destroy the ability for people to make uh, uh you know to have a next generation yeah they'll kill the population they'll kill the population down you know what makes you think that these shots aren't, aren't supposed to be purposely especially for women to sabotage the ability for them to have children the younger that's why they're so eager to get this shot into young kids they can't wait to do it and they have no they have no quality control studies on these shots and all the ones that they have have been doctored, and they're ignoring actual side effects. So that should tell you something. That gives you a hint into their mindset. So the people we're fighting against are going to do a mass casualty event, and they don't care. 
They don't care one iota, and they're using the powers of government to do this. Uh, for example, here's a little little factoid that came out today uh, from Disclosed TV. Ecuador, it's a small country. People say, well, what happens in Ecuador doesn't happen here. Oh, yeah, right. You just, you're just not paying much attention. Anyway, Ecuador declares vaccination against COVID-19 compuls compulsory for the general population in, a, in, in the national territory. So compulsory, you must get it. So, and we know Austria is doing the same thing. And we know Australia is going to put people in camps. We know Germany's going back into hard lockdown. The Netherlands have done that. This is all coordinated. And then Biden is rolling out his bullshit. You know, everybody's working on this. They're working in a unified manner. Don't get any, don't get this twisted. I know the sheep don't understand this because they don't understand military strategy. This is a coordinated effort, and they're using different. They're using multiple levels of multiple fronts in order to achieve their goal. They're slowly pushing and cornering people in, and they're going to strip people of their rights slowly but surely because they know the sheep are too scared to say anything. And like the like the phrase says. They're ginning up enough hatred from one for one third of the population to hate the other third of the population, while another third just stands by and lets it happen because they don't really, you know. There's just people out there that that won't get involved in anything. Uh, so <laughs> the only way this is going to change is if we find somebody who's a leader uh, uh, to lead the cause and to take and to be willing to be arrested and to be willing to put their put their uh, life on the line, so to speak. Um, and people say, well, it's easy for you to say. I said, well, I'm a nobody. I'm just a, you know, I'm not even really a podcaster. I'm just somebody who's uh, suggesting this. Um, but what I'm saying is you need leadership. You need people who are willing to uh, drive an agenda to become a, uh, a lightning rod, a way to... And we need this worldwide, not just one leader. We need lots of leaders in all kinds of countries. You're going to be fighting a worldwide revolution against these people. One way or another, there's going to be casualties. You can take it slowly. In other words, you can continue to let governments force, force these, man, these vaccines down your throat and put chips inside you eventually. I mean, they, they haven't done it yet. They just... they. They rolled it out in uh, Sweden or whatever and did like a five thousand uh, supposed prototype. But how many other how many other people got stuff in them inside themselves right now and don't even know whether or not it's a is a precursor to uh, putting in a chip? They may have put something inside that vaccine that when you put in a chip that it instantaneously does a whole host of things. You'll never know the difference. You know that's the beauty of this. That's the reason why they wanted to inject so many people. And there's been so many people who've lined up now. Granted, there's some people who did it for good reasons, and and I I appreciate their concern and appreciate their their uh, situation. Don't get me wrong with that. Um, I'm not holding that against them. That being said, you know, uh, keeping on going back for second and thirds and fourths is just you know you're just giving in to these people completely. Now they're they're going to continue to try to. The fact that they're going after, they keep on trying to jam these shots into side people, knowing there's mitocarditis issues, knowing that athletes are dropping, knowing that all kinds of things are going on, knowing the kids are not the ones that are passing any of this stuff. 
and knowing that the vac vac vaccinated people are the ones that are actually spreading the virus uh, shows you the malevolence that these people are operating on, uh, either malevolence or stupidity or both. I mean, the politicians are making decisions. They made a decision in Israel. So there were supposed to be a study done uh, in, in terms of impacting uh, uh, for the fourth booster or something. And then they, the politician just went ahead and said, no, just go ahead and get it. So what does that tell you? <laughs> you know, we don't have, po we have public, po we have a medical policy being run by politicians who have no iota of information other than what, the, what they're briefed on. And we, and we know how stupid they are because Trump is proving it day by day. He still thinks he, he did a wonderful thing getting these vaccines to the, to the table. He's going to look back, or hopefully somebody will look back and say retroactively, you got hustled and suckered into this position. Why are you even continuing to push these things? I mean, that's my, I mean, if I had a very real conversation with them, I would, I probably would just start, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I go, why are you doing this? Why are you, why are you so uh, stubbornly, you think that you've done something, you haven't done anything. You did exactly what they told you to do. You actually became a sucker for the people that are trying to do this. If you haven't figured that out by now, I'm sorry, you're not as smart as you think you need to be. I mean, uh, you may think you can own the media, but the media and the, the medical establishment just owned your ass. And you should know that by now. You need to be able to take the defeat and learn from it. Uh, that's just the reality of it. At least that's my reality of it. So here's a, uh, to change it up for a second. So we had this guy, Clifton Duncan. <laughs> he calls himself Biden's scapegoat. He said, look at all these far right, look at all these far right lunatics urging people to lose weight and take vitamins. <laughs> yeah. Take your vitamins, man. You know, double down on that. Uh, another one uh, from Kevin McKernan. So he took the 12 days of Christmas and he, well, he lopped off a couple of days, but whatever. So he said, 10 hordes of freaking 9, T-cells dying 8, morons mumbling 7, Karen's panting 6, mayor slaying 5, golden rules, 4, pangolins 3, dirty mass 2, failing shots, and a booster with negative EVE. <laughs> okay. My singing sucks, but whatever. You get it. <laughs> so, yeah. Robert Malone, he did this. Uh, it, that was the tweet I was talking about with the, uh, uh, Pfizer. He called it uh, uh, Pfizer Israel or whatever. So, on, on December 26th, Israel will begin administering the fourth vaccine dose to over 60s. If you thought this decision was based on medical research, well, think again. This is what actually happened. On December 21st, he, Health Chief Dr. Sharon Alroy Priest said that a study was to begin on uh, at the Sheba Medical Center the following day. The results of the study would inform the decision of whether to go ahead with vaccine dose number four. Just four hours later, after a rebuke from the Prime Minister Bennett, it was announced that the vaccine campaign would go ahead on the coming Sunday. So what happened to the Sheba study? On what basis was the fourth dose approved? Where's the research? Where's the data? Welcome to Pfizer Israel, where politicians prescribe vaccines at record speed. Exactly. You know, and that's Dr. Malone. He would know. So 
in a matter of just four hours, a politician just said, nah, we don't need that. We've, we've seen enough studies. Just jab them again. Fourth dose. And, and this is a, the, uh, and Pfizer is an mRNA vaccine or gene therapy to be uh, uh, truthful about what it really is. He should know. So they're jabbing you in a matter of a year. If if the first two doses didn't succeed, let's try, try again. Well, of course, try, try again means that they're just going to keep on doing this until, uh, I don't know, like I said, you know, they're, you know, people call them soft kill. I mean, Alex Jones calls them the soft kill method. I'm going to be a little bit more uh, nuanced and say, certainly that's the, they, they want to certainly give, uh, they want to do a whole lot of impact with this on medical conditions. And if everybody has medical conditions and they can make money off of them and they can keep you under control, plus they weaken the populace, plus they give, they're going to give people a host of psychological issues in the meantime through all the other means. Like I said, this is a psychological war. This is informational war. It's actual medical warfare, biological, you know, ostensibly. So we've had all these things going on and we've had no pushback, no real pushback. I mean, the pushback we've had is just to, you know, march in the street. Guess what? The media isn't going to cover that. The media hates you. I mean, the media is just a bunch of sellouts. I mean, you know, they, 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 uh, you know, what have they done with uh, Julian Assange? Someone mentioned that today that uh, uh, listens to this podcast uh, quite often, and I appreciate him for his insights. Uh, and Alan is a good guy and. Uh, knows a lot, and he's an, he would be a he's another international voice. Uh, you know, you got people. I it's amazing throughout this crisis, I've uh, managed to expand my uh, I guess you could say uh, friend base. You know, between uh, places like Canada, Australia, uh, Spain, Germany, uh, places Belgium, for example. Um, places that I hadn't really, you know, had any much of any interaction with. I mean, of course, you know, I've, over the years, everybody's had a, uh, interaction with somebody from a different country and Twitter and blah, 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 but actual real interaction, you know, uh, verbal, uh, longstanding, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's possible, at least it is now, or has been for, you know, two decades to do this. Uh, we need to, uh, get some alignment and we need leadership. We need people that are leaders out there to make this alignment because eventually they're going to cut the cord on this, all, all the information. And then it's going to be really hard, uh, to, uh, make decisions and, um, fight the tyranny that's coming down the road because it's going to get worse and they want it to get worse and they want us all to be, and I know a lot of people say, well, you know, you can't just be scared of everything and you're being hyper hyperbolic or, you know, you're not being, uh, you're not, you're, uh, you're letting your emotions run away with you. It's like, no, I'm not letting my emotions run away with you. When somebody continues to like, like the constitution said, or like the uh, declaration says, you know, when, it, when in invariably this is, uh, has, uh, uh, continued along the same line of uh you know the same construct 
throughout the entire thing uh, that, you know, it, it, it says when the long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them to absolute despotism, which is what we're under or what they're trying to push towards. It's the reason why you have, you know, a clown world Mayor Lightfoot, you know, uh, rolling out her vaccination uh, passport. That's the reason why New York is doing it. They're doing it in the cities first, as I uh, alluded to with the Soviet plan. See, the Soviet Revolution, once they took over, they, they had the cities, but, you know, Russia at that time, or the Soviet Union, was was like was like eight and a half million square miles. Pretty hard to uh, hold that. But you know, if you take over the metro major metropolitan areas, then you probably had about eighty percent of the population. The last twenty percent were on the farms. So eventually, they sent out the the technocrats to to manage the farmers and tell them what they needed to do. They always put in quotas, and they always put in. They want to. It's the same. It's the same thing with any socialistic or communistic rule. They did it in Nazi Germany. Um, there's a. There was a. Actually, retweeted a long time ago. I probably have to go look at it. Might even have downloaded it. Let me, let me see here for a second. Uh, and why I say that is, uh, there was a lady who was talking about. Uh, she. This was probably. Recorded in the late 90s. So this was a lady who was a young girl in the in the districts at the time that was going on. And she, uh, she, uh, what do you call it, uh, had to uh, uh, survive the Nazis in terms of how they, okay, here it is. I'll, I'll, uh, let's see here, let's see, I'll view it and play it. Under a socialist government, you have a lot of rules and regulation. We had a planning agency that was designed to control the businesses and the farmers. The bureaucrats, oh, we had tons of bureaucrats. That's how Hitler created jobs, government jobs. A lot, a lot of bureaucrats. And they would go out on the farms and count the livestock and tell the farmers what to plant, how much to plant, and how much they had to harvest, regardless of the weather. They would go into the businesses and snoop around what they could find under the auspices of health and safety. Here we call it OSHA. They were nitpicking everybody, nitpicking everybody. And I hear that a lot of time from my audiences, how the bureaucrats come into their business and look or snoop around what they can criticize and what the business owner had to replace. And that's why a lot of businesses in Austria could not afford replacement, whatever, whether it was um, round tables versus uh, square tables <clears throat> and, and more bathrooms. So a lot of businesses closed their doors. So also the bureaucrats would go out in the farms and count the chickens and order the chickens how many eggs they had to lay. That's right. Ridiculous. 
absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Hitler wrote a book, Mein Kampf, My Struggle. He wrote in the book everything what he was going to do, that he was going to take over the world. But the Austrian people were so busy with athletics and sports, so very few people read the book. Had we read the book, we would have known what was coming. We would have known. Yeah. So that was Kitty Werman. Uh, she survived in WW2 in Austria, and this was from 2013 when she gave this presentation. You know, some echoes of OSHA, you know, the echoes of ordering things and health and safety. It's the same concept. And you talked, and she also echoed Mein Kampf. So uh, a guy named Klaus Schwab has decided to write a book, which was all prepackaged and ready to go in June of 2020 called uh, COVID-19, The Great Reset. Notice how quickly, even if you even if you divorce yourself from this was already pre-written, uh, because he's also written The Fourth Industrial Revolution, he's written a couple other books, which was uh, prefaced by the CEO of uh, Microsoft, of all things. Imagine that. Uh, but if, if you, even if you thought, you know, he, he wrote that in an immediate response to the, 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 pandemic starting uh let's just say he knew by i mean realistically i mean if you if you divorce yourself mentally from this yeah i'd say january so he wrote the book in five uh, five months or something like that which i mean i guess is plausible it is this being said that isn't what happened uh he he already had all these ideas and thoughts and dreams of the great reset and what it was supposed to be like and the world economic forum has a uh, has been uh, formulating this plan for probably twenty five to thirty years, uh, uh, ever since the UN uh, late uh, UN in the late uh, early nineties. Sorry, right around the time of uh, George W. Bush, they hand off to Clinton. Uh, the UN had put together their agenda for agenda twenty twenty thirty or twenty as far as what they think the world should be. And they started their infiltration plan. The UN is a communist or socialist uh, organization. It always has been. The United States has been such as the people of the United States and the the representatives of our country have been such uh, either corrupted or such suckers for these people. We should have divorced ourselves from that organization. We should have never started the organization. That's the problem. There was no. There is no United Nations. That is the Rockefeller. That is the the Cecil Rhodes. That is a host of of uh, globalist actors who act on the at the behest of the royal families and and a whole host of minions out there in the banking sector that want a one world government. They want a one world uh, the economy. They want a one world uh, and they don't want sovereignty. They certainly don't want freedom. No matter what you may say, I, I, there's no way in the world they want that. They don't want people making decisions for themselves. They want to make the decisions for you. They want to strip you of all your rights. They don't have a, they don't give a good goddamn what you think about anything. All they care about is they, they throw bobbles in front of these, uh, the stupid people. They hypnotize people with videos and TikTok. Now, granted. We've all enjoyed our 
share TV in music and sports, as she mentioned, echoed here about, you know, the Austrians were too busy with sports and, and athletic endeavors to, to notice what Hitler was going to talk about and what he decided uh, was what he was going to do. And he told you, sociopaths always tell you what they're going to do. You know, that's why Bill Gates is sociopath number one. He, I mean, <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's a prima facie, he's a prima facie case of sociopathy on display. And anybody else, will, you know, there'll be people, oh, you're just, you're just, you know, you're being hyperbolic about that too. It's like, no, no. He tells you exactly what's on his mind. He said, yep, we're going to vaccinate the entire world. Has he been wrong? That's what's what, what's been going on. Uh, and he's invested in Pfizer. He's invested in Moderna. Uh, he's invested in Novavax, which has just been approved overseas. So don't get him screwed up. He knows exactly what he wants to do. And he's being platformed. This is another reason why Trump is such a fool. Uh, and I hate to say that, but, you know, by by supporting the vaccines, you're supporting Fauci. I mean... This is a guy he says he couldn't stand or had that he couldn't believe in, and yet he's letting by supporting the vaccines you're supporting Fauci's existence, and Fauci can continue to roll out his bullshit. So now he's talking about you know uh, vaccines or what do you call it? Uh, let me go back here. Uh, I'll just go ahead and play and let you listen to him. I don't really want to uh, always uh, talk over this, so. Now, one of the questions that Dr. Walensky and I and Dr. Murthy and others get asked very frequently is that right now, as we get to the Christmas holiday and the New Year's, would it be safe for individuals who are vaccinated, who are boosted, to get together with family in the setting of the home? The answer to that is yes. An extra level of protection would be the testing that Dr. Walensky mentioned. But I want to make sure this is not confused with going to a large gathering. And there are many of these parties that have 30, 40, 50 people in which you do not know the vaccination status of individuals. Those are the kind of functions in the context of COVID and particularly in the context of Omicron that you do not want to go to. So to the extent possible, we urge you to stay away from those situations that could put you at a higher risk. And once again, here's the hypocrisy of this. So the the, the elite doesn't have don't have to follow this. Boris Johnson had seven parties over at uh, down uh, was it Downing Street or where the f he was in London. I'm not going to pretend to know that. Remember Obama's birthday bash had lots of people dancing around. Hey, we're awesome. We're the elite. We can nothing matters to us. Or, of course, Gavin Newsom at French Laundry. Or Nancy Pelosi getting her hair done. Granted, she wasn't around tons of people. But nevertheless, it's rules for thee and not for me. That's all this, these people will continue to roll him out. And that's why I said Trump is an effing fool for letting, by continuing to support vaccinations. He's supporting this. All Trump has to do is say, I did what I thought was necessary. I don't think that I, I don't I don't agree with the mandates. I don't necessarily agree that the vaccines have been as effective as it should be. That's all he has to say. That's all he would have to say. It would be a mind blowing incident to the media, but 
F him. F the media. He doesn't understand messaging. He certainly doesn't understand messaging in this time. If he understood messaging at all, and if he realized how much we are at war with these people, and that we are at war and we are at a disadvantage, if he cared at all about that, he would go ahead and say that. Um, That's the reason why I'm very upset with him right now. Because he is saying things that just do not jive up. Now, am I surprised I'm disappointed? I mean, or that he's he's become a disappointment? No, not really. Um, you know, for what he could do, he did. And what he didn't do right, he really fucked up. Um, but that was the whole point, I guess. I don't know. I'm not saying to, for people who support him to just totally abandon him. Or, but I certainly would say you need to pick, you need to be thinking long and hard about who the, the next, uh, standard barrier for populism is. Cause, uh, he's, he's failed. He has failed miserably on this particular issue. He should know better by now. And if he doesn't know better, or if he, he, he's just repeating talking points and he's not even, uh, engaging with the argument or better yet, or worse yet, I mean, uh, if somebody's giving him this information and feeding him this line of bullshit because he isn't really engaged with the actual data at all and he's not doing his own research, which of course he probably isn't because most billionaires don't have time for that. Seriously, he could hire he could hire anybody. He could hire me for $50,000 a year and I'd go and dig up it. I'd be reading the uh, British Medical Journals and Lancet and New England Journal of Medicine and any other effing journal and looking for solutions and collating and uh be able to give him a five ten minute presentation per day and he could tell me to f off after that but nevertheless it should be very easy to gather this information it is not hard it is not hard at all if that was what your job is and and certainly paying somebody (laughs) paying somebody and i know they'll say well you need a medical doctor no you don't you don't need a medical doctor to do this you just need somebody who can read and has somewhat of an education they can can collate concise data really quickly and be able to figure that out it doesn't take a genius to figure this out it just takes actually it just takes someone with a, a above average journalistic skills that can read and, and and put put together a three uh three slide presentations daily and say okay this is what's good on not only just covid but just health in general for Christ's sakes you think he'd have a a, a kitchen cabinet of of uh, particular issues you know, he could pay, you know, pay, I mean, he can pay, he's a billionaire. He could just, he could pay each person $100,000 a year. One guy focused on military, one person focused on the justice system and uh, law enforcement. Another person focused on education, media, and messaging. Another person focused on uh, health and, and a whole other He can have like a half dozen experts and just have them, hey, if he really, if he gives a shit, you know, have them give them a presentation an hour per day, you know, each one give them a 10 minute rundown of whatever the hell it is that he needs to know about. And he could be highly informed. See, that's how you do things. I mean, that's just what you do. I mean, it's not about even having middle management, but it's, it's certainly about having people that you trust and just putting them in position. I know a whole host of people who would love to uh, uh, apply for these jobs, obviously, but, you know, at some point, if you really are wanting to be, a different president down the road you need to be you need to be on top of your game you need to have better information skills than anybody in the field 
it's certainly better than this clown that uh, Fauci is, who's just another evil, evil person to the core of his existence. But uh, as Kitty Werman said, this health and safety crap, they're trying to also divide and conquer. See, if they keep you away from your family, and if people don't learn how to sit down and have conversations together, we will never unite. We will be stuck behind the eight ball with these people. And that's what they want. They want us all stuck. They want to keep us keep us under their thumb and keep us divided and have us not have our conversations with each other. By not having conversations with each other, we are we are doomed by them. Um and doomed in, in in the sense that we will never coalesce into a uh, a, a, a united group of individuals, whether it be in this country or around the world, and that's what they want. The longer they can keep you divided, the the more they can continue to uh, marionette everybody behind the scenes. I mean, Fauci isn't the king of this either. He's just one of many players. But uh, that there again, that's the reason why I have criticism of Trump. You allow this guy to continue to serve you. You weren't willing to ax him. You weren't willing to get rid of Barr when you needed to get rid of him. You weren't willing to get rid of Millie when you needed to get rid of him. Uh, at some point, I mean, granted, uh, there's all kinds of blowback. And, but look at it. He didn't get elected. <laughs> it, he could have done everybody a favor. And if he'd have got rid of him, and then if Biden would have been been, the, been uh, uh, stooped as low as hiring back these people, then then that would have caused questions. Sometimes you have to play long-term strategy when you know that they're they were already he knew they were already cheating him. So I mean that's when you need to be strategic long-term. But it's easy for me to Monday morning Monday morning quarterback now. But Fauci was a given. Fauci was easily easily dismissible um, early on just because of his waffling and his uh, sabotage of hydroxychloroquine and other all the other therapeutics. And every doctor with any any actual integrity has pointed that out quite vividly. And they don't they don't take it, anything that comes out of his mouth as anything other than a lie. And, and that's the way you need to look at it with him. So anyway, uh, I think I've gone on quite a bit here. And um, I would have I would play another song here. We'll see what we can find here. I real quickly. Uh, I mean I. Granted, uh, I'll do something for my mother because uh, she's uh, I know what I know what she uh, her favorite artist was, believe it or not. And uh, actually, what she uh, I gotta just find the I want to find the version that will uh, uh, be good. He died in two thousand one, so we're gonna go ahead and play this uh, uh, version of it. I I, don't, I haven't heard it before, or I haven't heard this particular version off YouTube, and I'll play out to this. Get it up here.
So yeah, George Harrison was my mom's uh, favorite Beatle. She actually saw the Beatles in, I think, 1963 or 64, I can't remember exactly, in Chicago. So, uh, I don't verify that, don't fact check me there, but I do remember she mentioned that. 
And at the end of her life, uh, uh, one of the things you find out about dementia is that uh, um, music, uh, uh, actually, uh, dementia and even cancer patients, but certainly uh, music is uh, something that soothes them, and, and they're very adept at uh, uh, actually uh, repeating or, or uh, singing lyrics, whereas their uh, your language uh, skills uh, decline, but your ability to to do that it was amazing i i would uh put music on when we were going to chicago in uh, a radiation treatment she would uh uh it was amazing she you know could sing a song from the 60s that i had heard and i couldn't remember the lyrics to but she could she could uh sing and uh say the lyrics note for note you know it was kind of weird um and i learned that later on but uh, anyway, I didn't want to depress you at that point. But yeah, um, I enjoyed uh, that song and many others by uh, Mr. Harrison and others uh, in the Beatles. Uh, leaving aside their politics, they uh, they did produce a uh, whole uh, whole generation of music that we all enjoy and love. I probably should be uh, playing out my closing music here, which is the same as the opening. But uh, I appreciate. Uh, Everything, I'm going to take a few days off, obviously, during during the holidays here. Uh, I thought I'd just do these uh, broadcasts because there's so much that can go on. I could have gone into Washington, uh, crossing the Delaware on Christmas uh, with a, his back against the wall in terms of the Revolutionary War of uh, the battles that were waged. Um, that's where we're at as a country and as a world. That uh, you know, you you, you see the uh, the doubling down and tripling down in the the language uh, uh, that they are using to demonize people who don't want to uh, adhere to their uh, their plan, their long term objectives, which of course no one should. And they've told us what those objectives are. All you have to do is read their documents, as uh, AJ says a lot. Um, they are as malicious as you would think. Uh, and that guy said languages of, you know, doing this for humanity. It's always for your own good, blah, blah, blah. It, 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 there's no creativity. There's no innovation with uh, taking over stuff. The idea is to always sell you, sell you the rope to hang yourself with. And many people are, are willing to jump into that. Yeah, and, and, and don't think that I'm the only one that can see through that. There's... There's tens, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions now that probably are very well aware of this plan and objective. Of course, the problem is is stopping it. And the best stop, uh, first step to that is awareness, and the second step is knowing when to act appropriately. Um, there will come a time and a place when that action will be necessary. So, uh, for those out there, I enjoy your holidays, enjoy your uh, Christmas uh, as best you can gather in big large gatherings and talk it out and discuss and get to know your family once again god bless america and god save the world